Hello and welcome back to Edie's Susty Talk. This is our series of short but sweet interviews where we help keep you connected with the global sustainability conversation. First started as a video series in the depth of lockdown number one here in the UK in early 2020. Um, we are continuing this series as an audio only format now for summer 2022 and beyond. Um, and I'm delighted to have Alice Mazzola on the line from The Body Shop. She is the brand's global head of activism um, here to talk to me about the intersections between sustainability and activism and what it means to be a good brand activist. So thank you so much for your time, Alice. How are you doing today? I'm great. Thank you so much for having me. No, thank you. Thank you for hopping on. And I understand we've got quite a short distance phone call today. I'm in East Grinstead in West Sussex and Alice, are you in Hove? I'm in Hove. That's right. So thank you for dialing in. Um, so we 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 at Edie we've spoken to various people at the Body Shop um, over the over the years, um, including at our recent summer summer lunch where we had Chris along who works in the sustainability team. Um, but I don't think we've had you in since you started working on activism a couple of years ago. So it would be great to get an introduction to yourself, what and what your role entails, and and how you got into that role. Yeah, sure. Um, so yes, global head of activism. I've been in the role for. Uh, coming up to two years now or just over two years and um, yeah as you said I moved over from the Body Shop sustainability team um, but prior to the Body Shop I had never actually worked in the private sector before so um, entirely working in first government in, in Australia which is where I'm from but then um, followed up with uh, more international development so I was working predominantly on um, social projects around good governance and um, uh, mainly about yeah systems governance, good elections, these sorts of things um, in the Middle East primarily. So, um, but my specialism within that field was uh, monitoring and evaluation. So monitoring the impact of um, social projects and a lot of data collection, which is the part that lent itself really well to sustainability. So I was really excited to work with the body shop, given that, um, you know, it's credentials in sustainability and activism. So, yeah, it felt like a dream come true at that time. But um, the the main thing that my team does, so uh, as the activism team, is we are a supportive function. So we we help all of the different uh, market teams around the world. So the Body Shop operates in over 75 countries now. Um, so we help each of those teams manage to to respond to local situations where they are, but also to run effective and um, impactful, but also really relevant local campaigns on a range of social and environmental justice issues. Great. I was going to say that's a really interesting career and it's clear to see where there's some overlap in, in what you're doing. Um, and and you mentioned that obviously, and as we've we've seen that the body shop has activist roots, has been working in environmental sustainability and strategy and activism um, in quite a unique way, really. So so how do you work with people in the company doing doing yeah those environmental roles, the sustainability roles? 
Yeah, so I mean, the activism uh, is in the same function as sustainability. So um, the head of sustainability at the Body Shop and I are counterparts in the same team. And I think that's um, exactly as it should be. We're kind of like yin and yang in a way, um, because, you know, I think the Body Shop, we believe that we have the power to do good things in two ways. The the first is from the inside. So being the best uh, company we can possibly be in terms of sustainability, making sure that we don't take more than we need to, but also um, looking outwards into the world. So on the outside, raising our voice on issues that really matter to us. So we work really closely together and make sure that, you know, the, those two experiences or those two abilities to do good in the world are working very closely in tandem. Great. And I, I wanted to dive into a bit about what you're specifically work, working on. So the Body Shop has run a lot of campaigns that really do tie up with its environmental impact, like social plastics or within the ingredients in its products. So like continued work against um, animal testing. And then I think it was late last year we saw that the, the brand is doing Be Seen, Be Heard, looking at youth representation in politics and, and voting. Um, so I wanted to get your views on how a company can apply learnings from campaigns that, yeah, it's pretty obvious that as a beauty brand, you have to have a stance on animal testing um, to something that seems a little bit more loosely re related, a bit broader. Yeah. So, I mean, yes, absolutely. Um, we we have done a number of things that are very um, more related to our sort of industry value chain, I suppose. Um, animal testing being one of them. It's an issue that's really, really close to our hearts, of course, and has has been for for many years and since um, Anita Roddick was um, leading the way and leading us. Um, but it's was just one of many issues that have has been sort of on the radar of the body shop over the years. So actually the first the first political campaign or activism campaign was Save the Whale in 1986. So the year before I was born, so they've definitely been doing this a while, and that was um, in partnership with Greenpeace. But over the years and under, uh, particularly when Anita Roddick was in charge of the business, um, there have been campaigns on deforestation in the Amazon, um, domestic violence with a campaign called Stop Violence in the Home, which was in partnership with UNICEF. Uh, we've campaigned on um, a sort of social stigma around HIV with the Get Lippy campaign. And um, there was even, I think it was in the late 90s or early 2000s, a campaign about renewable energy. So at that time, uh, our Watersmead site in West in Little Hampton in West Sussex was uh, the largest solar panel farm at that time in, in Europe. So I, I think the the common threads are all of these issues touch on a really broad range of social and environmental justice issues, but the common thread for all of them was at the time that they were being launched, they were issues that were not being talked about very much. So, um, and the, the campaign that you mentioned that we've just launched in May, Be Seen, Be Heard, is is kind of in that vein as well. We, we want to be giving attention to to the things that we don't think are being talked about enough. Yeah, that and, makes sense. And yeah, you say it's not being talked about, but we're obviously seeing leadership race here in the UK. And I think more people maybe are talking about are enough young people voting, are enough younger people considering running? Yes, definitely. And I think um, young people's 
political participation or participation in public life in general has also been um, it's on the radar of the UN Secretary General as well. So it, it could be an issue that's kind of on the cusp of being in, um, in in people's consciousness. But definitely, you know, at the time that we were launching this campaign where, where you know, we get a lot of really, that's that's the campaign that you're giving to. But yeah, I think we, Anita Roddick, definitely recognise the opportunity that we had in in our retail footprint and to have these conversations with people and to build public support for meaningful change around things that are just not being talked about enough. Yeah, that makes sense. It must help if, if yeah, it does feel like we're on the cusp with, yeah, the UN talking about this with what was being discussed at, at COP with young people's um, access and we were we were at COP and I think we got an invite to an event by the body shop looking at um, youth council so young people being able to actually get up on stage and essentially um, put people from the brand and other representatives in on the spot um, ask pressing questions so I, I wanted to get your thoughts on how all of this um, connects and I've seen things running around about the body shops um, youth collective as, as well so how does this all tie together yeah, so definitely the youth collective is is part of it. So uh, behind the scenes and before um, be seen, be heard, launched uh, in in May, there was eighteen months of thinking about you know what's the right issue for the body shop to be campaigning on because um, we're we're at a juncture. I mean, with with climate change, post COVID, with the economic challenges that we're seeing now and growing inequality, we were. We were looking at all the different issues that we could be campaigning about and you can't help but bring in this and i think this is where sustainability lends itself this systemic thinking you know every time you look at one of these issues in isolation you know that they're interconnected in multiple ways and so it's really important to be thinking about you know the system and how can we how can we change the system and so we were thinking about generally how decisions get made and in the broad spectrum across all of these social and environmental justice issues you've got the same people bringing the same solutions to the same problems and expecting different results every time which just seems absolutely nuts if you think about it so um we firmly believe that this kind of diversity um bringing fresh thinking and fresh perspectives to decision making and how how we address all of these challenges and the biggest group one of the biggest group in the world is missing from those decisions so i mean young people make up 50% of the the planet's population yet they are under 3% when it comes to um, being mp's in decision making spaces so the the campaign looks very different depending on where we're operating so we the common objective that we have around the world is to increase youth participation in politics and public life um, but of course we work in many many different places and many different political contexts so we want to make sure that we're campaigning around appropriate things um, generally what we're trying to do is um, change as many laws or prompt policy change in as many countries as we can. Uh, this kind of campaigning is not new to us. Uh, our last major campaign, which was um, Stop Sex Trafficking of Children and Young People, 
actually managed to change 24, uh, 24 laws in 22 countries over, over a three-year period. And so we're trying to work in a very similar model um, by looking for opportunities for policy and legislative change. So in the UK, this uh, it looks like um, campaigning to lower the voting age to 16, but in other places around the world, so for example, in Japan, it's lowering the age that a person can run for office. So currently it's 25 for the lower house or 30 for the upper house, and we'd like to bring it in line with the voting age, which is 18. Um, it's also about increasing young people's representation at all levels of government. So in Chile, we're working to establish youth councils at the municipal level. And um, in some places, it's about making sure that young people at the forefront of the of sustainability in the cl climate change policy. So in South Korea, we're campaigning to get environmental studies and climate studies as part of the national curriculum in high schools. So even though it looks very different everywhere, we all have the common agenda just to get more young people involved in the places where decisions get made. So. Yeah, I mean, we thought it was nuts that no one was talking about this. So in tandem, uh, you know, thinking about fresh perspectives and fresh thinking and the fact that we're missing out of that in politics and public life, um, we also thought, well, we should be taking advantage of fresh perspectives at the body shop as well. So this is where the idea of the youth collective um, came about. So um, we started that journey at COP26 in Glasgow. Um, we were, worked in partnership with B-Lab UK and um, we invited uh, a group of young activists to join our CEO on a panel and to give live insights and on the key challenges that our business faces, um, whether that be over the immediately or over the next decade. Um, and basically, they told us the ways that, you know, the generally older people need to step up and um, do more. And I think it was a, a challenging but really positive experience for all involved. Um, so the business took the step to decide to formalise it into a governance structure. So we have the Youth Collective now as a advisory board to the executive leadership team. And they have so much energy. They're fantastic. Um, it's made up of six young people uh, from inside the body shop and six people from other certified B Corps because we feel like it's so great to have an outside perspective, but outside perspective from businesses that are you know, like-minded in their approach to, to business. And all of them, the whole 12 are under 30. So, and it's just launched, we just started in, in May as well, but so far the experience has been fantastic and they're a brilliant sounding board. Great. I'll have to catch up with you once they've been doing that work for a little bit longer, because I've definitely heard of a handful of brands doing this around the same time. So I'd be super interested to hear, you know, in a year or so what, what happens with that. Yeah, I mean, I think um, even though the, the process that some sometimes can be uncomfortable because, you know, their positions can be quite forthright. But this is what we need to do if we want to be future proofing the business. They they challenge us and they challenge traditional ways of thinking and they bring really fresh, great ideas to the table. So I'm looking forward to see what comes of it too. Mm -hmm. 
Great. And I wanted to ask as well as 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 a closer for your learnings on how to be an effective activist brand. This is something we get asked a lot. We have sustainability professionals whose marketing teams don't want to say any more that they're than they're already saying, saying, oh, I'm worried it won't come across as credible. So I wanted to get your views on how to do that. I feel like you've mentioned a couple of things there. So embed it in your own governance, as you're say, as you're saying. Um, and then also you mentioned that this isn't something you can pull together overnight. You said more than a yeah, more than a year of prep work before launching be seen, be be heard. So any any other learnings on yeah, being a credible brand activist? I think it has to be that tight relationship between the inside and outside. So the relationship between sustainability and the business practices inside the business, but also making sure that it matches up with the external voice. Um, and we have to be realistic and honest about where we're at in our sustainability journey, because there's no point pretending to be perfect in sustainability because it's impossible. Um, so if you want to be an effective activist, you have to be ready to be quite honest about what you're doing in your own practice to avoid throwing rocks in a proverbial glass house. Um, yeah, we have the youth collective who steer and guide us and hold a mirror up to us when we need them to. But I think where our strength really lies is in our partnerships. So um, our partnerships with, um, in this case for Be Seen Be Heard, the um, United Nations uh, Youth Envoy, but also um, in the case of the UK, the British Youth Council. So everywhere we're operating, we are working with a local uh, expert organisation. Um, we recognise each other's strengths and we work really coherently together because we recognise that we're not the experts on the issue. The Body Shop will never be um, experts on youth issues, but we're learning a lot every day, of course. Um, but basically they are the experts on the issue and the body shop just does what it does best, which is taking information, taking concepts that we believe to be true and communicating them across our very, very large channels to the 30 million people that we deal with every year and who who want to hear from us. So that's kind of the where our credibility comes from is the, the strength of those relationships with um, expert organisations. Great. And obviously we have some brands that ask us this question that might have a different history um, to the body shop that obviously is a company, as you mentioned, that have been working on whales for, yeah, since before you and I were both born, um, animal testing and other issues um, after that. I'm presuming these are all points that could apply to other brands as well. Yes, for sure. Absolutely. I think the advice to other brands is um, start small, be humble. Um, and be willing to be led by the people who know best. So whether that be not-for-profit organisations or you know other organisations and charities and so on, just be led by them and uh, basically amplify their message. Great, got it. Well, that was my last question, and I think we're coming to the end of our time on our call today. So thank you very much, Alice, for your time and for your insights today. Thank you so much. Pleasure to be here.